Take your Bibles, please, and turn with me to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. Been looking at the Lord's Prayer for several weeks, and in particular, looking at the Lord's Prayer as to how it relates to our relationships, both with God and with one another. Today, we're going to be thinking about the relationships and forgiveness as we look at uh, verse 12 of the Lord's Prayer. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Now, forgive us. Have you ever noticed that this translation and some other translations have forgive us our debts? And a lot of times when we pray the Lord's Prayer, we pray forgive us of our trespasses. Ever wondered why it's that way? Well, there's some history behind that. A Tyndall translation, which was an English translation before the King James Version, had trespasses in that verse. And it was picked up by the Anglican Book of Common Prayer, and so it just has followed us down through the centuries. The word, you know, can really, in the Greek, means debts. Uh, when Luke gives his version of the prayer, he uses the word that means sins. And when you get down to it, it's just all the same thing. I don't know whether you noticed when Brad was reading that scripture from Psalm 32 or not, but it talked about sins, it talked about iniquities, and it talked about transgressions. All it's sin. You know, just kind of different aspects of it. Uh, a transgression means God said, don't do that, and you trespass and do that anyhow. Iniquity is something that's warped, twisted, crooked. Sin is missing the mark, you know, not getting what you know, God wants us to do. But we need forgiveness for all of those things. The prayer takes for granted our failure, that we have sinned, that we have transgressed God's laws, that we have, through our sin, become something warped and twisted and indifferent from what God ever intended us to be. All of us have sinned. Scripture says in Romans 3, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Every one of us. All of you sitting out in the pews, the person standing behind this pulpit, all of us have sinned. Now, the problem is we take our sins too lightly. We are, we are likely to take them casually. You know, we're... we're Sometimes in our land equates sin with, man, that's something fun. We, we look at it as something good. And pretty soon, you know, we continue in sin long enough so that we get to the place that we're not really considering it at all. And it doesn't seem to have, you know, much influence on our lives about whether we're sinning or, or whether we are not sinning. The problem is we forget that the result is death. Scripture says, for all have sinned, and fall short of the glory of God. Suppose a new disease appeared, and it began to spread among people, and every single person who contracted that disease died. Why, we would be doing all kinds of research, we would be raising funds, we would be educating people about how to avoid that disease, you know, and, you know, but that's what sin does. Sin eventually kills and kills eternally. The wages of sin is death. 
Sin is not something to be taken lightly. We forget that God is a holy God. Because God is holy, He cannot tolerate sin in His presence. He just can't be there. Now, understand, God is the life giver. Cut yourself off from the life giver and you don't have life. Have you ever noticed in the Old Testament when you were you know, reading through the Bible, I hope some of you read through the Bible, or at least try to, you know, every year. But, you, you know, about the time you hit numbers in Leviticus, you know, it gets a little hard, doesn't it? You know, because they've got all of these, you know, regulations that are spelled out in detail, all these elaborate procedures you've got to follow. Why? All these sacrifices that had to be made. Why? So that your sin could be covered and you could come into the presence of God and be blessed by Him. Now, when Jesus died on the cross, He paid the price for our sin. He made it available for us to be forgiven. But don't miss that it costs dearly to have sin atoned for. Something has to be done with your sin before you can come into the presence of God, the one who wants to bless you and to give you life. The problem with sin is that it puts us in debt to God. Now, we understand debt in this country. You know, I guess you know that the, we owe trillions and trillions of dollars on our national debt. Guess what? You know whose that is? Ours. <laughs> we owe that debt. You know, we have probably have to go in debt if we're ever going to buy a house. Most of us go into debt if we're going to buy a vehicle. We have credit card debt. We have student loan debt. You know, we understand what debt is like. Why are we willing to go into debt? We're willing to go into debt because we believe that eventually we will pay it off and that we can handle it and we will be debt-free. Only problem is we can't get out of debt to God. We can't do it. You know, yeah, we think we can. We think we go to church, we get baptized, you know, we, we try to do a few good things for other people. I don't know. Nothing wrong with those things. That's a part of the process, but that's not what gets us out of debt. We're still in debt to God. You can't do anything to get yourself out of debt to God. Suppose you're guilty of stealing, and you're just a common criminal. You're stealing all the time, and then one day you say, all right, that's enough of that. I'm done with that. I shouldn't do that. I'm not doing it anymore. And from that day forward, you never steal another thing. Well, guess what? You're only not guilty from that day forward. What about what you've already done? How does that get made up for? You can't make up for it. So we're in debt to God. We have transgressed His laws. We are in debt to Him. And we can't get out of that debt to Him. What's going to happen? Sin is serious because it drives a wedge between us and God. Don't miss that. Sin drives a wedge between us and God. Sin separates us from God. Notice what the Scriptures say. It says, when we sin, God hides His face from us. Deuteronomy says that I will certainly hide my face on that day because of all their wickedness. 
Sin is serious. It drives a wedge between us and God. God will not listen to us. If I had cherished sin in my heart, the psalmist said, the Lord would not have listened. Do you get it? You know, a lot of times when we have a national emergency, you know, some of our leaders will stand up and say, oh, we need to be in prayer for them. We're all going to be in prayer for you know, what's going on with our you know, land or something like that. And, and yet, you know they're living lives that are completely contrary to the will of God. And what does God say about it? When we cherish that sin and won't let it go, God doesn't listen to our prayers. Sometimes we fool ourselves. Sin puts a wedge between us and God. It separates us from God. Scripture says, but your impurities have, your iniquities have separated you from your God. It's like our sin builds up a wall between us and God. Forgive us our debts, Jesus taught us to pray. He had just taught us to pray, give us this day our daily bread. Now, God wants us to have grocery money. You know, He wants us to have food to eat. What happens to you if you don't eat? If you go long enough without eating, what's going to happen to you? You're going to die. Well, you've got to have food to sustain your bodies. So God puts this on equal terms. We have to have our sin forgiven so we can have a relationship with God and be able to live and to live eternally. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins is just important. You don't get your sins forgiven. It's the same as not eating. Sooner or later, you're going to die. So we're to ask God for forgiveness. First of all, we agree with Him that we've sinned. You know, now sometimes we have a hard time doing that. We say, yeah, I've sinned, but, you know, I hadn't killed anybody. You know, I'm not as bad as them over there. You know, sin, sin. Scripture says that if you break one of the laws, it's just like breaking all of them. So we have to agree that we're sinners. We have to agree that we really need forgiveness. That it's not just something that's, you know, casual we could play around with. Then we have to tell him what we've done. Lord, I've, I lusted. Lord, I gossiped. Lord, I slandered my neighbor. Lord, I'm, I'm jealous. Lord, I got drunk. Lord, I'm greedy. I'm looking out for me. You know, I want what I want when I want it. We have to confess our sin. We have to tell God what we're guilty of and be specific about it and then admit you can't pay the debt. Suppose you go out and run up several thousand dollars on your credit card and you, you know, get laid off from your work and you can't make your credit card payment. Well, who's responsible for that? Is, is the person you, you know, the stores where you rent up that debt, are they responsible for your debt? No. Is the bank responsible for your debt? No. Who's responsible? You're still responsible. And you can't pay it. What are you going to do? One of your straits are really dire, the, and you, you know, there's got to be a lot of difficulty there, a lot of having nothing. 
then you can declare bankruptcy. And then you don't owe that debt anymore. So you've got to go to God and say, I overspent, I sinned. Not in the sense of spending money, but you've done wrong, you've sinned in some area. And you say, Lord, I can't pay for it. You've got to admit that you're bankrupt. There's nothing you can do to atone for your own sin. And then you ask forgiveness. Then you're ready to know that you're asking forgiveness for the specific sin that's in your life and a sin that you can do nothing about. And guess what? You don't have to pay off your debt to God. Jesus paid it for you. When Jesus died on the cross, He paid the price for your sin. Are you beginning to get it a little more? To understand it a little more? That wasn't something light. Look what it cost Him. Think of how it was for the Son of God to have the sin of the world laid on Him. That was a burden we can't comprehend. But He was willing to do it for us. Because we couldn't do it for ourselves because we're sinners and we can't atone for our own sin. But Jesus did it for us. That's the wonderful good news of the gospel. So forgive us of our debts is condemnation. It makes us realize that we're condemned for our sin unless something is done about it. But at the same time, it's assurance that we're made to live in relationship with God. God wants us to have a way so that we can come into relationship with Him. And He was willing to pay the price of letting His Son die on the cross so that we could have that personal relationship with Him. It's not just a religious game that we're playing. It's our being in relationship with the holy, eternal God who loves us and wants that relationship with us. He always wants to forgive us. He always wants to give us life. Not just life now, that's part of it. Abundant life, but also eternal life. Everlasting life. Forgiveness isn't just acquittal, it's recreation. We've been made anew. You know, we've been made alive again. The debt has been forgiven. The burden has been lifted. And we don't have to lug it around with us any longer. It's a restoration of our relationship with God so that we can go into the presence of that holy God. So that we can have a relationship with Him. So that we can meet Him face to face. So that we can bring our request to Him and know that He hears and knows that He cares. And all of this is because of Jesus and what He did for us. Opening the way for us when we're willing to come and say, forgive me, my debt, my sin, my transgression. In the Lord's Prayer, Jesus instructs us to ask for forgiveness. And that's what it's about. But He does something else. He also tells us to forgive others. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Boy, that's hard, isn't it? You know what? It's hard to forgive others. How do we forgive? Well, we need to see the need. 
We need to see the need for it. If you've got your Bibles open, look down at verses 14 and 15 of this whole prayer. Jesus gave a commentary on the forgive us and forgive us, forgive others. He said, for if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Later in Matthew, we have an explanation of what that means. Jesus gave an illustration about there's this man that owned this ruler, a huge, huge debt, millions of dollars. Absolutely no way that that man could pay that debt. And so he went in and he asked for time to pay it and the ruler had mercy on the man and said, I tell you what, I'll cancel it for you. Every last penny canceled. And that man who had been forgiven of that huge debt went out, found one of his buddies that owed him a few dollars and said, you pay me now, right now. I got to have that money now. And he said, well, well, I'll pay you. I just don't have it right now. He said, oh yeah, you will. And he had him thrown in prison. Jesus said when the ruler heard out about it, he called the guy back in and said, okay, you know, you don't want to operate on the principle of forgiveness? We won't operate on the principle of forgiveness. You pay me now. Of course he couldn't, so he got thrown into prison. We are forgiving. It shows that we don't understand the principle of forgiveness. If we're unforgiving, it's kind of like we don't realize that we've been forgiven so much by God that we've got to always operate on the principle of forgiveness. When we don't forgive, we deny grace and mercy, and grace and mercy is the only ground upon which we can stand before a holy God. It's only because He has mercy on us and doesn't give us what we deserve that we don't end up in hell. It's only because God is a God of grace and He gives us what we don't deserve, forgiveness and eternal life. Only on His mercy and His grace can we ever stand before Him. We can't put it back on merit for other people if we've received it. Think of it this way. Think of forgiveness as a, as a door. If I go over here and I open these door over here, you can go at it, you can come in it. If I close it, you can't go at it, and you can't come in it. If you open yourself to God's grace and mercy, His forgiveness, the doors open. And the forgiveness that comes in is supposed to be the forgiveness that goes out to others. And if you shut that door on others, guess what? You've shut it on the grace and mercy God wants to give you. You see the need to forgive others? It's there because you've got the need to be forgiven. Still, forgiveness is hard. It's hard because it doesn't seem fair. Somebody wrongs us and we think, well, you know, they ought to get what they deserve. Sometimes people really hurt us really hurt us. And it's really hard to give when they have caused you deep, deep pain. Sometimes it's pride. You know, I want revenge. I was driving down the interstate one day, saw this big old pickup. You know, one of these pickups hunters have. 
you know, the gray, you know, four-wheel drive, great big old mud tires on it, you know, gun rack in the back with a couple of guns on it. Had a bumper stick on the bumper, bumper sticker on the bumper. It said, I don't get mad. I just get even. That's the way a lot of people think. They don't get revenge. You do something to them, they won't get it back on you. It's because of their pride. Sometimes others make it hard to forgive. You're not going to forgive after what was done to you, are you? And it makes it harder for us to forgive. We get caught up in revenge. I'm going to get even. We get caught up in resentment. I'm going to stay angry. We get caught up in remembering. I'm never going to forget. Let me back up on that. When that's the way you are, when that's the way you're feeling, when that's the way you're acting, who's it hurt the most? You. Hurts you the most because it keeps you stirred up. It's digging at your emotions. It's digging at your heart. It's erecting a wall between you and God. Hurts you the most. And forgiving is possible. You ask God to forgive you, remembering the huge debt that you owe Him. This is where it breaks down a whole lot of times. This is where it breaks down a whole lot of times with us who have been in the church all of our lives. Because it's easy for us to think, well, we're pretty good people. Yeah, I accepted Jesus as my Savior, and I'd committed a few sins, and you know, I understand all of that, but we don't have the concept that we need. That sin is sin, and we have sinned and affronted a holy God. We've let it warp our thinking, twist our minds, lead us into things we never should have even been thinking about. We are sinners. And what other people have done to us is not near what we've done to God because we've broken His commandments. We've tarnished His hallowed name. We need to realize that, hey, we're sinners. And we need forgiveness. Then trust God to bring good. Allow God to do His work to even in the evil things to work good. Remember the story of Joseph in the Old Testament? You know, his brothers sold him into slavery, and you know, years later he had revealed himself to them, and you know, Jacob was about to die, and they went to him and said, you know, we're we're afraid, you know, once our father dies, you're going to take revenge on us. You remember what Joseph said? He said, You meant it for evil. God's used it for good, for the saving of many lives. Just, you could forgive because you trust God that He's going to bring good out of it. Ask for His help. Lord, you know how much I've been hurt. You know how hard it is to forgive. I can't do this on my own. You've got to give me the strength to do it. Ask for His help. And then determine that you're going to live by forgiveness. That Whenever you face a situation, you're going to come down on the side of forgiveness. If you want lasting relationships, you must be willing to extend forgiveness between you and God, between you and other people. In every relationship with others that you have, you will constantly be called on to forgive and to ask for forgiveness. Every relationship. Friends, family, fellow church members, they're all of it. 
Relationships are built not on perfection, but on forgiveness. Because not a one of us is perfect. We're going to mess up sooner or later. And if a relationship is built on you being perfect or the other person being perfect, that relationship's not going to last because you're not perfect and they aren't either. Got to be forgiveness there. So maybe today you need to do a forgiveness inventory. Do you need to ask forgiveness from someone? You could call a name right now that you, you know, you just need to ask forgiveness of that person. You've wronged them and you haven't owned up to it. Maybe today you need to just make a commitment that I'm going to do the right thing. I'm going to go confess what I did and ask forgiveness from that person. Maybe you need to do an inventory because there's someone you need to extend forgiveness to. Someone has wronged you. Someone has hurt you. You've been nursing a grudge, holding on to it, cherishing it. You know, keeping it hot? Are you giving someone the silent treatment? You know, have you cut someone off? I'm not going to have anything to do with that person anymore. Are you ready to forgive the debt that they owe you? Just cancel it, remembering that God canceled your debt. Will you cancel theirs? Do you need divine forgiveness? Maybe today you've come face to face with God. Recognize that you are a sinner and that because of your sin, you're cut off from the life-giving God. And you need to come today and say, I have sinned. Lord, I have no ground to stand before you. I just come and say, Lord, forgive me and let what Jesus did on the cross count for me. Scripture says, God who made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. You come today, confess, ask for forgiveness, and you become the righteousness of God. You can come into the presence of a holy God for a real, eternally lasting relationship can bring your request for Him, can have Him as your Heavenly Father for now and forever. What do you need to do today? You need to be forgiven from God? Do you need to be forgiven by someone else? Do you need to commit to extending forgiveness to someone? Jesus taught us to pray, forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Our invitation hymn is 224.